0: 18
2: plus well let me ask you guys this um so you all um did you watch the kansas city game
3: most of it i was watching red zone so i saw the good stuff then i switched to just the game
2: it seemed like it was was pretty entertaining brian did you catch any of that
1: i watched bits and pieces then christmas office party came on and uh (laughs) i I moved to that
3: No, I was watching Red Zone because, I mean, I was even – I actually had to go out for a little bit, so I had it on my phone and had it sitting on my dashboard as I was driving. But I couldn't do just the regular game, so I had to go Red Zone for a while. But then when I got home, I turned the game itself on.
1: Here's the thing about the Chiefs games for me is they're so they're predictable too. They can be losing, they can be down, and you know they're going to win. They remind me of the Patriots, um, that team up north that we used to that we still hate but kansas city is becoming that team i hate too because it's just they just keep finding ways to win and you're just you just know they're gonna do it and you're like "Eh, ah hum-ho i'm gonna watch tyreek hill who i think is the one of the worst people in the world i don't care how talented he is um i just think he's horrible um as a person and i can't watch him celebrate yeah
2: They are getting up there into my the elite echelon of my the teams I hate. Um, I don't like how Patrick Mahomes is being just shoved down our throats every time you turn the TV on. You know the stupid State Farm commercials and all the even with him and Troy Palomalu. I mean Troy looks great by the way, but I mean I don't need to see Patrick Mahomes in his sideshow bob hair all over the place all the time. Uh, it's just it's a little much. It's a little much for me. I really don't like that team they're going to, they're going to lose. Someone's well, if, going to keep that
3: team. if if you were looking at that game from, from more of the saints perspective, the saints kind of feel like the Steelers right now, they, they could not get much going offensively. I mean, drew drew breeze was extremely rusty. Um, I mean, they, but they got a good turnover at the end. I mean, if they fall on that on that ball with the end zone at the end of the first half. If you guys even know what I'm talking about, they get a safety. No, they they had to punt basically to to finish out the first half. The it wasn't the normal punt returner for the Chiefs. He was hurt um or dinged up or knocked around. He came back, but uh he fielded it off the hop and then ran backwards and the Chiefs not the Chiefs. The the Saints stripped the ball and it rolled into the end zone and when they went to dive on it he missed it and knocked it out of the back of the end zone. So oh, that wow. was only two points instead of five. And then yeah. of course, then they're going for two another time and don't get it. But And then at the end, they got their late touchdown because their their defense forced a turnover. It was their relying. The, their, the reason they remind me so much of what the Steelers go through right now, they're relying extremely heavily on their defense and their defense at the end was completely wearing down and couldn't get the stop because of the number of three and outs the Saints were having and everything in their offense, just not helping their defense at all. So if you really looked at that from the and, and thought about it, it felt a lot like how the Steelers, what yeah. they're dealing with right now. And Kansas City City still just I mean, what was that? A three-point game? So. yeah,
2: you you need to uh with the Kansas City Chiefs, you almost have to treat them like they used to. Everyone used to say you had to treat Peyton Manning and the Colts. Your best defense is literally keeping them on the sideline. Mm-hmm time-consuming drives that end in touchdowns. Like, that's what you have to, And even if you get a lead, we've seen this multiple times. Heck, look at the playoffs last year, that no lead is safe against Mahomes um, and company. But my goodness, it, they're, they're a team, it they're, they're going to be tough to beat. I'm not saying that. But I just said there's something about it deep in my gut. They're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. We'll put it that way. Uh, Kathy gives us $5. Thank you very much, Kathy. She says, Dave, do you know the percentage of players – who return after having an ACL tear? Motivation probably helps exceed the overall average. I would say that's a pretty high average at this point with with the science that's out there and the surgery and all that. But Dave, you it know. is.
3: But I was thinking about this and I, I don't know how to look it up for sure. But one thing you have to take well, two things you have to take into account: one, age, and two, the how do I say it? the quality of player? I mean, I mean, I don't know if I should say quality or status, meaning. A lot of these NFL guys are, you know, they get drafted. They're in on a cheap contract. They don't even get a second deal. They're out of the league in a couple of years. If one of those guys tears an ACL, he might have motivation to come back, and just might not get the opportunity. But we don't really know much about it because they're not a big name person. Most most players that are that are higher profile players, they come back.
2: Like. Devin Bush, like Bud mm-hmm. Dupree, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll be fine. They'll get their well, contracts. Here's
3: so. something I don't know. You got, you might not be aware of from the KC game today. Do you know that Edwards Hilaire had a pretty bad injury?
2: Yeah. Did anyone see what exactly what the problem I watched
3: is? It. I mean, it was something with his leg. I, at first I thought maybe it was even his hip, but I, I couldn't tell my kids were talking. I couldn't hear it. So, but, um, and then even Mr. But naked get robbed. He was kind of. Dinged up at the very end when he got tackled by the face mask to, to secure the the win. But I think he was okay. But he might be the 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 guy going forward.
2: He, I'm sorry, this when I watch Le'Veon Bell play, I mean, he looks like a shell of himself. I mean, he doesn't look like yeah. anything like what he did. And he's an older running back, and he's got a lot of mileage on those tires. We understand that the, the Steelers definitely. they he was a work He was a workhorse for him for sure. But still. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to this question. We'll we'll throw this over to Brian first. Uh, Justin gives us $5. Thank you very much. He said, again, why are they, the Steelers, against giving James Washington 10-plus targets in a game? He's done nothing but answer the call when called on. Brian, why do you think James Washington is not seeing the targets? That's That was the question.
1: Okay, I am going to uh, channel my inner Oracle, my inner Dave Schofield here, and yeah. I am going to tell you this. James Washington has the worst catch percentage on the Pittsburgh Steelers at 58.2 percent. Next to him is Chase Claypool at 59. Even Deontay and Ebron, they're they're around 60, they're they're above. But he is a good complementary receiver. He is not a 10 target a game receiver. Now, he could be one of those guys that could be your surprise go-to superstar in one game and carry you for a game, but the offense is not set up for him to carry you. He The offense is set up for him to surprise you. When you're looking at everybody else, well, all of a sudden, James Washington's open, and he is not your number one guy, but he's going to make you pay for it. That's how rich they are with receivers right now. I just don't think he has proven anything in the uh, in the three to four years that he's been there. Actually, three years now to be that number one guy and to be that ten target a catch, ten target a game guy. Dave,
3: thoughts on Washington
1: getting more targets?
3: He's not the type of the of receiver that they're looking to throw more balls to. They're looking for those. How do I say it? Slippery guys. Those little quick hitter. um, You know. Juju, Deontay Johnson, those little James Washington. He's one of your bigger downfield threats. Him and Chase Claypool. Hence, why their catching percentage is lower. It's because they are they are being targeted on longer balls, which aren't necessarily which are obviously the farther you get down the down the the field, the less likely you are to catch it. So that's what feeds into that number that Brian was saying is that he's not a guy that's being targeted often around the line of scrimmage because that's not his strength.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, they need to have more targets. We need to give him more target. He needs to see more snaps. So the problem is, is, like you just said, this is an offense that is built on yards after the catch. It's one of the reasons why it frustrates Brian so much when they don't run routes to the sticks. They are relying on you, the playmaking receiver, to not just catch the ball but to make a man miss get the yardage necessary for the first down after the catch. It's frustrating, but that's what they've built their their system around. And to be honest with you, when Deontay Johnson does catch the football, he normally makes at least one guy miss. It's very rare that one player is bringing him
3: down. And he's getting himself open to get the ball thrown to him. He's great at getting that separation.
2: Yeah. And so it's one of those situations where – if I can't stress how much these drops have killed the offense on more than one occasion – so if they can get themselves right, which I wrote an article for today, I used the quotes from this week, um, you know, talking about how Deontay Johnson's second half was not the answer to him being benched. The answer to him being benched is going to be in weeks 15, 16, and 17. Can he is it out of his system? Because the the great receivers, and I'm not saying he's great yet, but he could be on his way, they don't have lulls where they're dropping passes like this for three, four, five games in a row. So hopefully whatever it is, practice time, whatever excuse he wants to use, I don't care. Uh, There we go. Um, Someone asked earlier, I'll I'll ask this question now, what do you guys think about the reason for the Steelers getting rid of Stefan Wisniewski when he came off of injured reserve? Because a lot of people are saying, boy, it would be nice to have him back. But why do you think Brian will go with you first? Why do you think they got rid of Wiz? He's now back with the
1: Chiefs, I think. Yeah, I'm wondering, I mean... I'm wondering why too, and but you know, there's some things that you could look at. You could look at the fact that uh, they might be looking down the line, and this might be crazy for me to bring up. They might be looking down the line and look at the uh, the free agent and the compensation pick formula, and uh, not keep him on there. If that, I mean, I might even be wrong. He, he's not even
3: he. Did, he didn't even factor into that. Okay, His salary so, so low.
1: Okay, so really i don't know because i thought he's kind of a guy that you keep around with depth being an depth being an issue i'd much rather have him out there than jc J. hassenhauer um he stayed so long on that injured list so i'm wondering if they did not feel that he was uh, up to the task as far as being completely healthy of course it looks like the the chiefs did and now he's playing but I think there's a lot to factor in there. I would have loved to have seen them stay, but they know more than I do. Dave, what are
2: your thoughts? It was just a weird situation in in general.
3: Well, first of all, you guys don't realize that he that he started and played for KC today. He had a A reception. He had a reception. No, did you guys see the play? It ended up it was one of those where Mahomes comes back to pass. It was on fourth down. And the Saints knocked the ball out of his head. It goes up in the air. Wiz catches it and rumbles for the first down. But the thing is, it was they said it was a pass, therefore it was illegal touching. I, I was on red zone. They went away from it, so I didn't get the whole explanation. It would have been better off for the, for the Saints if they would have called it a fumble and he caught it because on fourth down you're not allowed to advance it and they would have got the ball right there. But anyway, so it didn't count, and some people were – we're, we're all about that, but he had to start, he had to fill in and start today, but you wonder who probably would have started for them today. If, um, if the he guy was they there
2: up off the practice, process. Isadora probably <laughs> would have
3: started ahead of him because when the Steelers, you know, and was not I mean, I haven't, as far as I know, they didn't actually sign him to the 53. This is twice now where they've brought him up from the practice squad because he reverted back last Monday because he was a practice squad um elevation the week before, unless they signed him this week. And I, couldn't find it. Maybe someone could correct me there. But at the time, he, they brought him back. He had his 21 days. They had to bring him off, and he still couldn't practice. He was still missing practices, everything. And the Steelers were going to have to make a move. They were going to have to make a move and, and try to get another lineman to the practice squad or something. Who were you more concerned about? Were you more concerned about your younger guys? Like you just got Gerald Hawkins. Did you want to expose Der- Derwin Gray to that? J.C. Hassenauer No chance you're doing Kevin Dawson. And and that's not what the Steelers, they were more concerned about, I think. I This is my speculation. Uh, they were more concerned about losing those guys long-term than the benefit that they would get from has, having Wisniewski because it's not like he played great against the Giants. And if you watched the Kansas City game at the end of the game, what is Tony Romo and Jim Nance talking about? Kansas City really has a problem that they can't protect Patrick Mahomes. Their offensive line is is hurting and weak and not getting the job done. So it's not like he's tearing up the world there either.
2: ruh trouble in paradise. All right, Mark <laughs> Pace gives us 499. He said, what AFC team besides the Steelers can challenge the Chiefs? I will go and say that I think that um, I think Buffalo is going to be able to play with a lot of teams. I think that Baltimore, if they get in they're they're a dangerous team. It's Mm -hmm. period. You, we all hate them, but (laughs) let's call a spade a spade. If they get into the playoffs, they're going to be dangerous. I think they are much more dangerous than uh, personally. I think they're much more dangerous than a team like Miami uh, just because of the quarterback. Period. Uh, But guys, what do you think? Brian, we'll start with you. What team other than
1: the Steelers has the best chance of knocking off the uh, Chiefs? I was actually going to say the Baltimore Ravens in there. And I'm going to throw in another team that I'm going to get scoffed at because of their defense. But really, the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry and that running game, if they could control the clock and they could have some semblance of defense, they could knock them out. Dave, what do you think?
3: Um, I'm not going to say Tennessee because of their defense. I would say a worse matchup I think would be the Colts because of their defensive front um, and everything. Because like I say, I don't think the line for Kansas City, I mean, unless they get healthy, come playoff time, that's where they're struggling. So if you have a good defense up front, I think you could do that. That's why I think someone with a good defense like Baltimore, like Pittsburgh would even have a little bit more of an advantage than than Buffalo. But if it's Buffalo and Kansas City, you're you're, you're looking at a 40-point shootout, which would be entertaining for other fans to watch. Trust me, I would love to see that to see to see Buffalo KC, but I just don't know that that's um the right matchup.
2: Yep, so there you go. Um, Guys, anything to add here before we call it a show? Brian, we'll start with you. Final thoughts?
1: Final thoughts before I get to that. I just want to let Snowman know in the live chat that if he's going to make fun of my shirt, my grandpa's shirt, that's at least $5 in uh, as a super chat. And so this is actually a pretty stylish shirt. I could tell when Brian read that because he looked down at what he
3: was wearing.
1: (laughs) I didn't even know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I had no clue.
1: It's oh, Sunday, baby. Yeah. So, so snowman. I, in, I his mean, I best. in his Sunday vest. In
2: his Sunday vest. All right, uh, Dave. Final thoughts on um, Brian's wardrobe, or just in general? Can
3: I yeah, ask you guys a question? You can. Sure. You can answer. Answer sure. with the with the short answer. Who's starting at left guard for the Steelers tomorrow night?
2: I'm going to say Hassan Hour. If not Hassan, Hour, Derwin Gray, uh, you know, I just think that they're going to go with, I don't know. Cause we've never seen really Derwin Gray at all. So I have no idea what he can and cannot do. That's something that the coaching staff, I, I have no idea. Brian, who do you think is going to start at left guard tomorrow?
1: I think an Hour too. I mean, it's familiarity.
2: Could it, could be have to Pouncy too? Like If Pouncy, if, if Derwin Gray is someone kind of like, you know, Dave, you said that, um, Dotson and Pouncey play really well together. Uh, if if Pouncey's like Hassenauer, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Gray at least has some semblance of an idea, then I think that that might answer your question right there. I
3: mean, because so. it couldn't have been grey. Gray wasn't active last week because he was a he would have been the fourth guard, right. which made yeah. no sense. They needed to have a second center. So therefore, after two guards go down, they had no choice but to go to Hassenauer. We'll we'll get a, a real idea if they really think that has hour is a guard or if they're really just keeping him to back up Pouncy.
2: Yeah. I do want to bring up this one question here uh, before we call it a show from Matt B he said, did any of you guys see villain press conference kind of seem like he doesn't really care or at least isn't motivated compared to someone like Cam Hayward. Who's just like a raging bull. Let me just say, you have to remember who you're talking about. You're talking about an army ranger who has spent two tours over in Afghanistan, who has won um has been given medals for his valor and his, uh, his you know what he did for our country. Think about that compared to just playing in a football game. Like to him, the NFL is not the be-all end all. Uh, he's seen things that us regular citizens will never even fathom. Period. And he said it in his press conference because I did follow along and I watched it on Steelers the, on the app. You can watch all those press conferences on the app. And he's a guy that he, he doesn't listen to the noise. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what I think. He cares about himself, what his coaches think. And he's going to go out and he's going to bust his butt for his teammates. And he talked about it. I wish I could do this now. He, taught, he, he got rid of his cell phone and got a flip phone. <laughs> he hasn't been on the internet in like a year. That that's just who he is, um, and it's just one of those things where you know some people like Madden. Matt. This is not your fault. It was an honest question. Uh, for for someone like Matt, you got to think about his perspective on things. His perspective on things is not us as a fan. It's not you know the Steelers are the be all end all. It's just not. Brian, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I had an opportunity to listen to um, not just Villanueva, but uh, out not Al Fanica, big Al. Um, I, I wanted to say um, David Castro last year, cause they are best buddies. And I listened to them on the fan and they were there for an entire hour, just uh, uncensored being themselves. And this is the guy th- this is the quiet, big guy that hangs out with your group that has your back, anything you need. He's just not going to speak up. He is not going to be the guy that is uh, making a scene. He's just the cool guy in the corner. Holding the beer and uh, just but you know, you know that he is loyal and true, and so he's not everything Jeff said is correct. He's not going to get all revved up about this, neither is a guy like De Castro. De Castro is not going to get revved up. You're going to listen to this De Castro on interviews, and you're going to feel like maybe he doesn't care either, but it's just their personality. Not everybody has the type A type of personality where they're loud and in your face. Not everybody's a bad. Some of them could be a Dave or a Jeff. I was going to say a Tony. Tony isn't loud in your face. <laughs> <laughs>
3: or a Tony. See, yeah. see, because because Tony, when it, when you talk to him, he's it's fired up. But in the written word, he's completely different. That's kind of like Big Al. He's kind of laid back and everything off the field, but he's going to go out there and get the job done on the field
2: would you rather a guy be rah rah in a zoom call, or would you have him rather be a uh, go out and be quiet and just play well? I think villain wave has had a great year. You know, it, he's never been the best run blocker, but I mean, pass protection as a left tackle, that's what you hang your hat on. He's been doing a great job. So it may not be that it may not be the look that you want, but at the same time, if you're getting the job done on the field, that's what matters the most.
1: You don't so, gotta talk sexy to be sexy. How about that?
2: There you go. There you go. Brian knows a thing or two about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you all for chiming in and and joining us for this special Steelers preview episode. Uh, A lot can change between now and tomorrow, depending on how the Cleveland Browns game ends up. What's the score right now as we uh, finish it up? Anyone have a score total?
3: They they were about ready to score another touchdown. the Giants keep not going for field goals and trying to score. They've they've mm-hmm. turned the ball over on downs twice inside, inside. I think even the ten yard line, if mm-hmm. not, it was at least Eight. inside the twenty. But I,
2: Iro um, says fourteen to three.
3: Yeah, right. Uh, my where I'm watching right here, it's delayed because it's online. It's only seven to three, but I, it's second and right. goal right now.
2: Well, the thing is, is that the Steelers can lock things up on their end. They win on Monday night. They lock up the division. Then we start talking about seating, what that would take, where they're going to lock up their spot, all that good stuff. So make sure you check out all of our content. Tomorrow, Monday, you'll have my Let's Ride at 5 o'clock in the morning talking about is the Steelers season really over? Is it really over? Because a lot of people think it is. Uh, And then we'll obviously have our post-game show after the game tomorrow night, late. You can watch me try to stay awake during those (laughs) – late night podcast <laughs> uh, so check us out live on youtube we're on facebook as well uh nonetheless behind the still curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers in the meantime be safe out there everyone we will see you tomorrow night for the steelers post game show hopefully after a win i'm sick of losing all right dave why don't you send us out
3: hey
2: there you go we'll see you Take- okay round
0: two name something that's not boring
3: a laundry oh
2: a book club